0: Listening to the Fish on TED podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on TED podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We're recording this particular episode in the middle of February 2020, which is uh, the uh, snowy and the rainy season for a lot of us out there and and uh, for those that are fishing uh, there's I, I know there's a lot of floodwaters out there and uh, I sure feel for you and those that are hunting I'm sure you're getting everything packed and ready to go for the spring and summer and fall hunts that are coming up. Um, so without further ado I've got a really interesting guest today. Um, he fishes, he uh, fishes, he hunts forgive me and I'm sure he fishes around there too because there's a ton of fish. <laughs> But he hunts one of the most incredible places in the world for big game that you can ever go to, and that's in Alaska. But without me taking any of his thunder, Rick, are you there? I'm here, Ted. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rick, how are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. Good. Good. Rick, introduce yourself real quick for us, will you?
1: Well, um, my name is rick hoskins i'm i'm hunter and i'm, I'm a uh, the owner and operator of uh of hunt alaska outfitters um on kodiak island uh we specialize in kodiak bear and mountain goat and uh black-tailed deer roosevelt elk um and i do fish ted quite a bit actually i bet you do actually <laughs> uh, i do yeah especially in the off season But Uh um, yeah, Kodiak is quite the magical place. Um, It's um, the second largest island in the United States. Uh, The only island bigger is the big island of Hawaii. Um, It's actually got, yeah, and it's got, uh, it's only got maybe 70 miles of road on it. Um, Uh It's a lot of federal and native land, so it's protected and there's just not a, a lot of road on on Kodiak. So most of the access is with bush plane um, and with uh, boats or backpacking only into Uh these areas.
0: So it's very, very, very remote. Yeah. It's quite the place. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be a combination of some of those where you you fly in and take a boat and then you walk for 10 miles.
1: Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do that a lot
0: right oh so so <laughs> it's so always
1: those, an those, adventure
0: yeah so the wildlife there is really wild you're not hunting high fences and that sort of thing no it's it's the real deal for sure yeah 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 i'll be yep. there how yeah. long have you been doing this rick um i i retired out of the coast well i joined the coast guard in uh
1: 1988 and got stationed in kodiak in 1990 um huh. I did, I bounced back and forth between that and one other unit for, uh, my entire career for 24 years. So oh. I've spent a lot of time on Kodiak. Um, um, and I absolutely love it. And it's, it's, it gets in your blood. You go there once and you'll want to go back. I mean, uh, the summers are, um, perfect. Typically the summers are, are really nice weather. It's, it's, It's a lot like me. Right now, I'm in Florida. It's a little bit warm. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically, um, the winters here in Florida are a lot like the summers in Kodiak. It's just, uh, you know, uh, 60s and 70s uh, degree weather. It's pretty nice.
0: Perfect, So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, for those that don't understand where Kodiak, Alaska is – um it's an island sort of what in the Gulf of Alaska and you get to it by plane is that right through like Anchorage correct uh-huh right you can fly
1: well Anchorage is the hub to get anywhere in Alaska uh-huh. um so you got to fly into Anchorage first and then from Anchorage you usually fly into all the other uh, all the other places so uh uh Kodiak south uh about it's about a 50-minute flight um I flew on Coast Guard C-130s um, um, out of Kodiak. They've got no problem landing on the runways there, neither do the 737. So you've got a yeah. great runway there. So people can book flights to Kodiak relatively easy, um, Expedia or whatever, just uh-huh. flying uh, to fly Kodiak itself. But then then I, I'll i take care of all the logistics as far as the bush flights um, and boats and, and things like that to get to where we
0: need to go for our hunts
1: Mm -hmm. on
0: the island. I I would imagine that's a big part of your job, isn't it? Is coordinating everything uh, so that when people hit the ground, that uh, what they're going to be doing is hunting versus trying to figure out what to do next.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. There's a lot to
1: it. Um, We're going to find out here on Friday, the, um, the draw results um, are usually posted in mid-February um, for the state of Alaska. Um, yeah. I do mountain goat hunts, and that's a draw area. And then I've got some other hunts in uh, for bears that are guaranteed draw areas, or are guaranteed areas and draw areas. Um, so I'll find out here on Friday, and then from there, I've got to figure out. You know, uh, there's quite a bit of logistics involved as far as um, there's a lot to it like native permits and things that I have to, to deal with and and um, um or we're gonna be hemming state land or native land or planes or using my boat. I have a real nice charter type boat that's got an enclosed cabin that's real nice. So we'll use that, which is nice because, you know, as we're, say we're doing a bear hunt, uh, if you fly in by Alaska oh. state law, you can't hunt the same day you fly. So oh, if it's really? bear season and you saw a big old bear on the beach Across some camp, you know, and it's, and, and, and you've got a tag in your pocket. You can't shoot it because it's, it's illegal. But if we use the boat going in, you know, um, we see a big bear and it's in our area. You no, know, it's fair game. So, um, it's kind of, it's kind of nice, uh, little add on. Oh, we, really? we try to use the boat when we can. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. it adds a couple of days, you know, the day of travel will count as a hunt day. We can still
0: hunt those days if we want to. So it's yeah, kind of a little yeah. bonus. You know God it. so oh, it's nice. always yeah, yeah i I didn't Yeah. Realize. i'll be darned. and and kodiak yeah. obviously is known for its kodiak bear and and isn't the the kodiak bear and the brown bear are they exactly the same or are they cousins or or how does that work
1: well, Kodiak bears are the largest uh brown bears in the world they're they they have been isolated since the ice age. So, you know, you've got numerous species of grizzly bears and a brown bear is still considered a grizzly bear. It's the largest of the grizzly bear species, but it's, they call them brown bears and, um, they're, they're feeding primarily on fish, uh, salmon. And so they get very, very big and, and genetically, they get much larger than the in, inland grizzlies or the Arctic grizzlies. Um, um, so, if you go further north, inland, Arctic grizzlies, they sleep a good part of their life because they're up in the Arctic and it's just, they don't have a whole lot of, it's it's just, it's winter almost all the time up there. So, they right. end up and they feed that short time period. They're feeding on berries mostly. So, an Arctic grizzly, you know, they don't typically get all that big. Um, and, uh, you know, an eight-foot bear is is a pretty good, that's, that's a big arctic grizzly and then you've got Uh the inland grizzlies um that feed a lot on voles and feed a lot on you know they might feed on some winter kill or whatever but in berries but you know um an eight foot bear is actually a a pretty good bear for inland grizzly um you get some that might make nine but typically they don't get that big um and then the, the coastal brown bears um at the biggest, they can weigh up to, uh, 1500 pounds. And like I say, the ones on Kodiak have been isolated since the ice age. So those bears can't interbreed since being an Island, they can't interbreed with, um, interior grizzlies. So they don't, you know, they're, they, so you've got interior grizzlies and coastal brown bears on the mainland of, of Alaska that interbreed with one another and not a hundred percent pure. So. Got it. You know, uh,
0: yeah Uh, i'm just curious there's got to be like a population count or something on on kodiak in regards to the bears how many bears is on that island you know
1: well they say they say one bear every three-quarter square mile um as of right now but um you know with all the brush and stuff i mean it's really hard to there'll be days where we'll be hunting and to be perfectly honest, there's days that you might not even see a bear. And then there might be another Mm -hmm. day, you might see a dozen bears in a day. It Uh it really just, it's a real hunt and, um, weather plays the biggest factor when it comes to Alaska hunting. Um, you know, when you're dealing with fog and heavy rain, it's like rain going in your binos and you, and you got to constantly clean them out and it's time that you're not in the glass um it's all about it's a waiting game on on kodiak brown bears um you get a lot of bad weather typically in the spring and the fall um the later spring hunt is usually a little better um the weather's starting to get better and it's starting to warm up but uh the first hunt you know we're still usually hunting in snowshoes and in the spring and then the fall you never know what the weather's going to be this last fall was crazy just crappy weather for 2019 uh uh-huh. Um, just lots of fog, a lot of planes couldn't even get in and out of the, out of the field because the fog was so bad Even commercial flights weren't taking off. But the year before that was awesome. I mean, no rain at all, hardly this, the, the streams were chalk loaded with salmon. We were doing multiple stocks on big bears every day. You know I mean? It was mm-hmm. just, it was just a, a really good, um, um, a great season two years ago when we didn't have all that rain and fog you know so it, it yes. was, the weather can make a uh, play a big
0: factor when it comes to alaska hunting now you know? in regards to the terrain that you're hunting and that sort of thing how uh, how how far away are you typically spotting a bear and then are, are you you stock it at that point or how uh, how, do you, how do you hunt them there on kodiak
1: yeah um so, well, what I like to do is I like to get up on a high spotting knob somewhere where you can overlook a lot of country. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing is you don't want to put your scent out there, you know. Right. I, I've actually seen bears where we've walked across a spot and gone up on a spot knob and walk, watched a bear, you know, walk across an area we maybe have walked across the day before. And it's been 24 hours since we walked through there, and that bear smelled our scent flat ran you know so it's it's real important to just it's not like elk hunting or a lot of other where you just like keep moving and you want to check bowls and you want to just sit in a spot that's logistically perfect for the for the for the area you're in and just sit and just be patient and glass and what i do is i put up a i put up a tarp shelter um, with my hiking poles, and and um, it's basically just like a lean-to, and then we can mm-hmm. center that. And we'll center that all day long and glass, so that will keep the the water out, our, out of our binoculars and uh, and have spot scope set up, and we'll just be patient. And with those bears, it's like a lot of times you'll glass an area, and you're like, can't be any bears in here. I've looked here all day long and then boom you'll see numerous bears pop up it's just a matter of just it's timing you know Mm -hmm. um look at the right place the right time and uh that that alder brush is very thick and Mm -hmm. and very tall you know so yeah yeah
0: how
1: how,
0: how aggressive are the are the bears on kodiak i mean they're not seeing people uh all the time are are they um uh, you know i mean they're so big do they even care that you're there or are they pretty weary
1: well i truly believe um uh, god instilled a fear on, in all animals of man and because i have actually seen animals i've seen bears um that have probably never seen a person in their entire uh-huh. life in an area that's so remote Run because they smell your scent not that they see even if they don't see you um, If they see you, they may not know what you are They may just think you're you're possibly in their in, in their territory, you know, especially young a young board stuff mom He's trying to establish an area for himself um, I remember on one time that's when I was I, I was working as an assistant guide for uh, another company uh, working my way up and we were actually going on a mountain we were mountain goat hunting uh-huh. and we saw up up on the mountain those mountain goats stopped right near the top and they were in a spot where we couldn't get any closer we had to wait them out we wanted them to go over this the backside so we can go up the backside and get a shot well we waited a couple hours and uh, we had earlier hiking up the hill we'd spotted these goats we had dropped our camp we dropped our gear um, in the spot where we planned on camping, so we hadn't even set our tents up, but our food, our tents, and everything was was right there in that spot. And um, so, all of a sudden, I, you know, down the hill, all of a sudden, I see this bear walking along the trail, and it's walking right toward our packs, and it's right on the trail. And I'm like, great, you know, that bear's going to get into our stuff because it's got right. food, and I'm in our packs, and and that's our that's our our sleeping bags, and that's our survival. So. So, we ran down down the hill to try to scare this bear off, you know, waving our arms at it, you know, <laughs> trying to, hey bear, get out of here bear, you know. And right. thinking the bear's going to run away, but instead, the bear stood up, looked at us, and then came running right toward us. It was oh. not what we expected. Oh, and we really? were we were hoping it would scare us, you know, scare scare be scared away, but instead it came right at us and um it stopped at about 35 yards or so. And it kept it kept huffing at us and popping its teeth, bouncing up and down on its front legs, and uh, it kept getting a little closer and a little closer. And it kept challenging us. It was a young boar, about you know a little over eight foot probably.
0: And um,
1: so we're like talking to this thing. It's like get out of here, bear. We don't want to shoot you, bear. Get in. You know, we're we've got goat hunters. And we're trying to get goats. We don't want to be shooting a bear and having to deal with skinning out a bear for fishing game and dealing with all that because you you can't by law, you can't shoot a bear and keep it, you know, you gotta have to, you know, in a situation like that, so we ended up, I ended up picking up a couple rocks, even, and I threw some rocks, I hit bear in the butt with a couple rocks, and the bear still started getting a little bit closer, kept popping his teeth, and now he's at, like, you know, 20 yards, and I was just like, and, but the thing is, you know, if you spend enough time with bears, you know, bear behavior, he's, you know, he's challenging us, but he, there's a chance he might charge, but, he acted more like, you know, he was just more like, he was more bluffing it seemed like, but you just never know. I mean, um, they've got personalities just like people, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, the wind was wrong. And so he couldn't smell us, but he could see us fine. So we, so we tried to get into the wind, but he couldn't smell us. So anyway, the lead guide threw his hat at him. Oh, and man. when he threw the hat, threw the hat at him, we backed off and the bear smelled the hat. And when he smelled the hat, he woofed really loud. He spun and he took off on like he was stung by a bee. Really? I mean, he'd never really? seen a person before. He never knew what, He didn't know. what We were by being that close to us, but he knew we were bad, you know, by just the smell of yeah. us. So, yeah. so bears got personalities and, uh, you know there are some that are that are a little bit more ornery, but typically you don't have to worry about them too much unless you get between a sow and cubs you get between mm-hmm. them and their food or maybe one that's sleeping and you step on top of them and he's you know sound asleep and you startle him you know it's just like if you were sleeping in your house on your living room if someone broke into your house was looking over the top of, of you you'd probably take a swing at swing at him the bear do the same thing you know and, and that, just step that, more that, out of fear than anything
0: else is people will step on a bear
1: well they live in that they're in that alder brush you know and oh, what they'll yeah. do is they'll dig they, what they do is they dig they dig usually dig a hole in the brush and they lay in that hole and so it's very difficult to see them i mean i have a ton of bear stories and uh, examples of that but i don't really have the time to tell them but but they're they're very um you know, when they're, if they're sleeping hard, you know, you could possibly walk up on one and not, and, and that bear not know you're there until last minute. And then he may charge you, you know, just because uh, he's, he's more afraid for his life, you know, but right, typically right. bears, um, still have a fear of man, but mm-hmm. scent, our scent that they go by their noses more than anything else, much uh, okay. more than their vision. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. They've definitely got a fear of, man, if they can smell you. So that's right. always the most important thing, you know. It's right. um, like they, they, that bear smelt, he smelt the, the brim of his hat, all that sweat in that guy's hat. He smelt that, and he knew, and uh-huh. that was a great thing. And I told another fellow guide about that, and he actually used that. Same exact scenario happened to him with the sow. And, uh, he said, Rick, if you hadn't told me that story, I don't know, I would have shot that bear, you know? So that's, that actually saved him from having to kill that, that sow. So that's a, it's just, it's just a nice little thing for people to know if if they're out in the field and, and, uh, they have a bear that's being a little, a little ornery, you know, just try to get the scent to that bear. So that way it'll smell you and hopefully run off,
0: you know? Uh, well, I, I think if, I think if I had a bear false charging me and it was getting within 20 yards like that, he'd already smelled it, if you know what I mean. It, the, 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 right. It the heck yeah. out of me. <laughs> well, Kodiak Island's
1: got some pretty good winds. So, you know, it yeah. is an island out in the middle of the ocean. So, you know, if the wind's blowing the wrong way, you know, yeah. it's, that bear's not going to smell you, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so <Yep>. what, what, <laughs> what is the typical hunt? Is somebody wants to come in and, and, and hunt bear with you, is it you know what is it a week-long process longer than that It uh, actually it's a 12-day
1: hunt um and I, I don't um the day going in the day going out doesn't count so it's really right. two weeks um but usually if a guy gets a bear early um we we'll usually fly out early just just because we want to ensure that that hide. Is stays in good shape, and we don't have to worry about any kind of slippage or anything like that, and and uh, preserve the trophy. And um, and we also have to get it sealed by fishing game um, Mm -hmm. by law. Go to fishing game, and they'll pull a tooth, little tooth on the back, and you know they'll send they'll let them know what the age of the bear is. And uh, it usually takes about a year or so and pull some hair and get some dna and um cool. just last season the last bear we just shot it was kind of interesting you don't don't get these every day um it was actually a bear that had been tranquilized by fishing and game and it had some tattoos in its lips really so when cool. we were skinning it we noticed it had some some numbers in its lips you know um and uh it had been tattooed and it, it at one time had a collar on and it was really good uh We got to actually see where that bear, uh, he showed us, Uh, the biologist there at Fishing Game showed us where that bear had actually been, you know, where he spent his spring and where he spent his fall and the whole travel patterns, you know, before he lost the collar that was on him at one time. He didn't have a collar on him when we shot him, but they had put a collar on him when they tranquilized him a couple of years before. So it was very, very interesting. You don't see that too often usually yeah. you don't get bears that are, that have been, uh, uh, tranquilized by fishing game, but, um, yeah,
0: but well, it's a, the, it's a big yeah. industry. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Well with a 14 day trip, uh, of, um, range that, that you do, you are, how, how many bears uh, are you hunting in a year? That... Well, you know,
1: to be honest, I'm, I've got a military term coming, in and I'm doing what I love. Uh-huh. I'm absolutely passionate about this is, so I could definitely be a lot bigger if I wanted to be, but, yeah. um, I only do six hunts a year, um, uh-huh. four in the spring and two in the fall. And I guide most of them, um, myself mm-hmm. and, um, and, um, but, uh, just cause I love being out in the field and I love what I do, you know? Oh yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm relatively small. I book up fairly fast only because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm small and I like to be that way. I customize my hunts toward my clients. Um, yeah. some guys want to stay in a lodge. Some guys might want to stay, you know, do backpack hunts or, or whatever. And, um, I will totally accommodate, you know, I just have to know what guys want and, uh, beforehand and, and, uh, that's what we do.
0: Oh, that's you know, cool. Uh, now, now yeah. there's other, There's other things to hunt on Kodiak. I mean, we're familiar also with the the Sitka deer uh, or or the Mm -hmm. the island, but then you were mentioning there's goat hunting, and uh, is there anything (coughs) else to hunt also on Kodiak?
1: Yeah, there's there's, um, mountain goats. Uh, The mountain goats on Kodiak have flourished Um, my areas or dry areas. They're high demand dry areas, but a lot of guys uh, like to put in with me only because I, what we do is we'll they'll we'll commit to a price of that year, and if it takes them three years to draw, you know prices always go up on everything. They get that you they get the price that we that we agreed on, and oh, cool. uh, so it's it's, a, it's just like this last season. I had uh, two guys, uh, actually three guys, that had been putting in for four years. That was the longest I've had anybody put in. Um, but four years and they drew and they, you know, as far as they were concerned, I mean, they got a steal on their hunt because the prices had gone up quite a bit in the last four years. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of nice, you know, and I take care of all the paperwork and to date, you know, knock on wood, I've had a hundred percent success on the, on the, on the mountain goat hunts, but you know, a lot depends on weather, a lot depends on the guys shape the guys are in, you know? guys are definitely afraid of heights. It might not hurt. That might hurt the hunt a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I can only do what my hunter can do, you know, yeah. and that's a, that's a thing, you know, well, you so I tell guys pro- to try to be in the best shape they can be.
0: Yeah. You're, you're hunting in areas. that's going to take some level of of physical fitness, aren't you? Sure.
1: And it's that way with the, with the bear hunts too, you know, I mean, honestly, any alaska hunts i don't care what hunts you're doing mm-hmm. um unless you're shooting something from a from a boat which is you know that's that's filling the freezer um but right. it's um um it is it's it, it it takes some physical fitness you know you need to make mm-hmm. sure you're in decent shape whether it be bear hunts whether it be deer hunts whether it be mm-hmm. um mountain goat hunts or elk hunts others they're all they're all uh, guys need to try to be in the best physical shape they can possibly be in. And yeah. I've had guys that have been, you know, in, in their 70s that have gotten mountain goats with me. It's just we might be a little slower. It might take us a little more time to get in there. But, you know, it's a seven-day hunt, and we just will do what we got to do. And just and all we need is a couple good days. Um, the areas are really good. It's got good goat numbers. And mm-hmm. uh, everyone so far has been successful. So, Wow, that's yeah. great.
0: Now, now you had also mentioned there that you hunt elk on on Kodiak.
1: Yeah, the elk. Um, we have some draw areas; that are phenomenal, but it's very difficult to draw a tag. I mean, it doesn't hurt okay. to put in the way the Alaska uh, the Alaska draw system is. It's all random. There are is no point system like a lot of the hunts out west. Mm-hmm. So you've got just as good a chance as anybody else. But you know, it's still not a ton of tags out there, but if you do right. draw a tag, it's a phenomenal hunt. I mean, it's like the best time to hunt bulls. Um, we'll see a lot of big bulls and, uh, your odds of killing a big bull are really good, you know, uh, for Roosevelt. Right. they they, they, they may not get quite as big as some of the ones on, um, in Canada. Um, but, but they're still, um, great representatives of the species are better. You know I mean? You know, it's nice six bys, um, um, heavy, huge mass. It can weigh up to 1300 pounds. They're some of the largest animals, uh, as far as elk largest there is. Um, mm-hmm.
0: the Roosevelt's get huge, you know, yeah. it's a lot yeah. of work packing yeah. them out. <laughs> and, a lot and of work. The, yeah. The, the state of Alaska allows you to, uh, take that, that meat home with you also. Is that right? Sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's relatively easy to take the meat back. Um, It's just like going fishing in Alaska. Um, Just about everyone sells fish boxes, uh, 50 and 80 pound fish boxes. Um, And there's plenty of places to freeze meat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, usually just bone them out and put them in fish boxes and get them into freezers and then you just put them on your, on the plane with you and take them home and you right. can either take them to a butcher or do it yourself, whatever
0: you want to do. You know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. The reason I asked that, I, I work with people uh, pr- primarily internationally and they'll let, uh-huh. come in. you know, non-nationals come in and, and hunt big game, but they don't let them take anything out. You know, you can go in for the thrill of the hunt and, and grab your photo, right. but then everything stays in country at that point. And so right. uh, that's a little disappointing, I would think. It is. Yeah. 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 It is. Yep. I'll be done. So, so, so yep. personally, if you had one hunt to do on Kodiak and that was going to be it, this was going to be the, the creme de la creme, and then uh, Rick hangs up his rifle, what would what you hunt? In Kodiak? Um, uh-huh.
1: uh, well,. I mean truthfully, you know, of course I could say bear hunts because I make more money, but but I'm not going to say that because I'm being truthful. Uh, right. I really love <laughs> I really love hunting deer personally um early season um only because high alpine hunting for deer is just it's phenomenal out, and especially in my deer area. If uh-huh. there's you'll see so usually so many deer um, and it's just, just, it's just a, you know, that time of year. The weather's good, everything's green. It's so beautiful. It's a good time for people to go fishing and everything else, and beach combing. And, um, you know, I love all hunting. I don't care what it is. But I take a week off for myself every year um, to hunt deer. I could do something else, but I love the sick of blacktail. The meat is phenomenal. Yes, it doesn't it get any better. Uh, and the uh the hunting is really good in my area and um we have a great time um and typically it's father son hunts um husband wife hunts it's a two two on one hunt in oh, the way I do it like I say I'm small I don't I, I could make it a lot bigger but I just want it to be me and the two people no one else out there right. so it's just the three of us and we have it all to ourselves Oh, that's really, cool. You know, 100,000 100, acres to ourselves or so, you know, uh-huh. and we just hunt and have a great time and, and uh, look over deer and, and uh, have fun, you know, um, we eat good and it's a good fun camp. It's a good camp because it's got, I got a generator. I got freezers out there to keep the meat and, you know, uh-huh. to make, make sure the meat stays good. And if you shoot something in velvet, velvet will stay preserved uh-huh. and it's just fun uh it's just it's my favorite early
0: season Uh, blacktail deer hunts that's cool now can can you can you harvest more than one uh, Sitka blacktail during the season then well alaska
1: you can i mean kodiak island you can take three um they've got you can shoot up to five but three on kodiak and then the other two tags have to be southeast alaska
0: you know Uh but
1: uh but um yeah. My area, I sell it more as a trophy managed area. And that's why I've got guys that are elderly or guys that are overweight. Can't really walk very good. Um, they all have taken big bucks because I've managed it, you know? Um, so certain yeah. areas that are easier to get to, I don't want them to be completely blasted out. So those guys, um, so everybody can take something nice home, you know, mm-hmm. um, And then I'll let guys shoot a second one, um, for a trophy. But it's more, yeah, it's more of a trophy class. Most people don't want to get all five deer species in North America, you know, it's the place, you know, um, I took, like I said, I took a week off to myself and all three of the bucks I shot last season, were all Boone and Crockett, you know? Uh Um,
0: so yeah, it's just, uh, it's just fun. It's a great Uh time. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Yeah. I'll be darned. No. So, so somebody comes to Kodiak and they, and they hunt with you. Are, are there some other things that they can do before or after the hunt? Um, sure. While, while they're there? Sure. There's lots to do. There's tons of things to do.
1: Um, you can, uh, there's great fishing um, on Kodiak. Uh, the charters um, for uh, huge halibut uh ling cod season opens up after july 1st so you can hunt uh you can fish for uh ling uh ling cod um some of them ling cod can get you know 60 plus pounds i mean if you cool. catch a monster you know yeah. um you can catch some of the oldest rockfish you know uh that you could possibly catch those yellow eyes
0: you know right. they can live to be
1: 120 years old you know yeah. um um, you're, you're, you, you're, real limited on those, but at least you have an opportunity to catch them. And, mm-hmm. um, we've got lots of rockfish, lots of, uh, halibut and lingcod and, uh, and five species of salmon and Kodiak. So depending upon the time of year someone comes up, we'll determine for salmon, um, since they come mm-hmm. through certain
0: times of the
1: year, you know? Right, right but, um, but uh, that, um, if someone wants to see the island, they want to save a little bit of money and they don't want to charter a flight, they can actually jump on a mail plane, which is kind of fun. Just oh, so wow. the, the the Yeah, the you know, the government pays them to fly out mail um, yeah. to, like, the native villages and things like that. So you could actually jump on as an extra fare um, to fly out to these native villages. And on the way, you can, you know, they're, you can see a lot of the sights and see you know a mountain goats on the mountains and the bears yeah. and the deer on the ridges and it it's it's nice flying low level and seeing uh yeah. the wildlife and, and the country um four wheeler excursions um the photography um is mm-hmm. unmatched um you know the eco tours for whales and killer whales and sea lions and puffins and all the different types of uh, ducks. People come from all over the world to hunt the sea ducks on Kodiak because of the, you've got a lot of eiders and Harlequins and different types of ducks on, on Kodiak Island that are uh-huh. just absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very unique place. I mean, I say it gets in your blood most people will come there
0: um, one time and they can't wait to come back. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It, it, you know, when when Alaska got into my blood in nineteen, gosh, I think my first trip to Alaska was in nineteen eighty nine, and mm-hmm. I, it was going to be a once in a lifetime trip. Well, now I've got to take off both shoes and, and uh, count all my, my all my digits, and then start counting family members because it <laughs> turned into into an obsession of going up there because there's just so much to see and it's an incredible it it spoils you it really does it really does it sure Um, does it yeah. yeah sure does so so rick if somebody wants to hunt with you for the 2020 season or maybe the 2021 season you still have openings
1: um i am booked up for the 2020 um and like i said since i'm relatively small and i like to keep it that way um i I do book up fairly fast. Um, so I've got a couple openings left for next year, but I'm, for the most part, you know, um, it's, it's good for people to contact me as soon as possible if they're inter- interested in a hunt. And um, if, like I said, if they wanna do a mountain go hunt, it's very easy. I take care of all the paperwork. All I gotta do is send me two forms. I'll email it to them. They send me the two forms, um, and I'll c- call them in November and say, "Hey, are you still willing to put in? Do you still want to put in for mountain goat hunt?" And if they do, then I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and put them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up costing them 190 bucks, uh, 160 for a non-resident hunting license, and 30 for the for the uh, state application fees. I don't take anything. Up, I don't. I'm not paid for anything until. A guy draws a tag, and then I'll take a a, a good faith deposit on the the mountain goat hunts, a small good faith deposit. And then um, then in February, we'll find out who draws permits. So other than that, like the deer hunts are over the counter. You don't have to draw.
0: The bear hunts,
1: yeah. And the bear hunts, if a guy wants to do a bear hunt with me, what we do is I do have draw areas but I also have guarantee areas. So what we'll do, the draw areas are very, very limited. And I, and most guys charge a ton of money for those areas. Um, I don't, I only charge what I would charge for the over the counter area. So if a guy does draw, I mean, the way I look at, I love to hunt. I love to be out there. I love to see, I love to be a part of someone's hunt and Mm -hmm. be, um, to me, it's a blessing to be a part of that because a lot of people say it's a one t- once in a lifetime experience. I get to be a part of that. I mean, that's it's pretty awesome. So, um, so I'll put the guy in if the guy does if the guy draws. We'll do the draw area. It costs me a little more to put it on, but that's okay.
0: And mm-hmm. and then
1: if he doesn't draw, we'll do the over the counter area. So it's a committed hunt, no matter what for bears. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then uh, but the mountain goats are the only one that's you know, it's kind of in the air until we know whether or not a guy draws a permit or not, or the elk, the draw area for the elk. I do have a registration over the counter elk hunt also that I can offer, but, um, that hunt. Yeah. That hunt is one of those hunts that what I like to do, um, that area it's a, there's a draw area also. In that area, and that happens first, it pushes the animals into very thick cover and it you can't call them in or anything like that because it's uh-huh. not the right time of season, so right. it makes it a lot more difficult so what I normally do is if a guy does a bear hunt with me and he wants to maybe hunt a Roosevelt elk, um what we'll do is we'll hunt that area for bear and mm-hmm. and then and then if we see a big bull like this last season that we actually took a bull in on a bear hunt. Um, oh, really? then, yeah. So then I'll just charge a trophy fee for a bull elk, which is cheaper than a bull elk Roosevelt bull elk hunt. So right. it's, it's kind of a, they just all I got to make sure is they got a tag. They don't have to pull the trigger. I'm not charging anything unless they pull the trigger on a, on a bull, you know, mm-hmm. and if they do, then we'll have to spend, the next three, four days packing it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're, you're I, I pretty I, well at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I always have packers so that I employ <laughs> and uh, to help with all that stuff. So we can uh-huh. continue to hunt bears and stuff too. So, wow.
0: you know, we make it work. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like because of all of the things that you have to coordinate, the best thing that someone could do would be to call you and just say, Hey, Rick, have a conversation. Yes. You know, this is what I'd like to do. And this is the experience I'd like to have, you know, what do you suggest at that point? And then compare calendars and opportunities and, and see if you could fit somebody, um, you know, in with what they wanted to do. I agree.
1: Yeah. That's, that, that's by far the best. I've got people that email me and it's like, I can only say so much in email. It's great. If we can talk to one another and, um, and and if guys are honest with me about their health and about their fitness and you know but the nice thing is is a lot of guys will book and it motivates them to get ready for that hunt you know maybe they're 20 pounds overweight you know and it's just like you know i booked a hunt and now i got it you know i'm paying i'm paying a lot for this i need to make sure i'm in shape for it and i want to make sure i'm successful so they work out and you know, I've had plenty of guys do that, and it pays huge dividends, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because, like I said, I can only do what the hunter can do. They can ask me what my success rate is, but my success really really is what my hunters can do. Um, yeah. that, that is a success rate, you know, yeah. and everyone's different, even though mm-hmm. I've got pretty much 100% opportunity for the most part um, for all the hunts I've had and um some in some cases 100 percent success but but it still depends upon the hunter it's not me i can mm-hmm. get you with the animals but a guy still has to be enough shape to get up the mountain or move when i said we have to move and get up there quickly you know right so right limited right. amount of opportunities sometimes with, when it comes to hunting you know
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. yeah Gosh, what, what an adventure that would be man and and it sounds like kodiak is uh, uh, like we started the interview, it's sort of a mecca when it comes to hunting in North America, with uh, in kind of an encapsulated area that's been free from uh, you know other animals and that sort of thing coming in for what thousands of years. What a what an amazing place that sounds like. Yeah, it
1: really, really is. It's just uh, it's it's you know you'll walk you'll, you'll get dropped, you know, if you get dropped off with a bush plane or the boat and you start walking into the, into the, into the, basically the jungle, you know, alder brush and tall, tall weeds and whatever, you start working your way back. And it's just like to find a trail. I mean, unless it's an animal trail, you're probably not going to find one because right. this stuff grows back. Even if someone cut one years ago, it's grown, it's grown over, you know? Sure. So, it's just so very, very remote, you know, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a true adventure for someone that wants a, a real adventure. Kodiak has got it. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a magical place and people won't understand until they come there and check it out for themselves. And then like mm-hmm. say it gets in their blood and they'll want to go back because the fishing and the hunting
0: is just phenomenal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so. Like and like we we've said throughout this uh, interview is that you know the earlier in life that you can take a hunt like that, you know the the more that you can do, and there's so many people sure. that oh that that you know after I retire after I'm 67 or whatever the government now lets you retire at that whatever yeah. that is and then you know that's when I'm going to go do my Alaska hunt. And then they get to that age and they have some sort of, you know, uh, affliction that has hit them, you know, whether it's a heart condition or diabetes or whatever, and they never make that hunt, you know. And so, um, granted, there are places, you know, that that people can go that are uh, less stressful, you know, on them than that, but they don't get to see Kodiak. I mean, holy smokes. Right. It, It, you know, making this a a, um, you know, a priority and getting this, you know, this type of hunt booked earlier in your life is, um, is advisable, I would think. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and too, that's, you know, that's a selling point for a lot of the guys too. Like I was saying with the goats, I've got guys that have booked bear hunts with me, you know, three years away and, um, and they're getting this year's price. But they're booked, and at least they know it's going to happen. I've got yep. a guy that's seventy-two that's booked for a bear hunt, and he's going to be going next year. So I mean, it's just like, you know, um, it's at least he committed. He's been telling me one. I, I always talk to him at the sports show, and he's always like, "Yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that." But finally, you know, he committed last year, and it's starting to, It's uh, it's all coming together now for him, and um, uh, uh-huh. so um, yeah, it's important because. You never know, you know, every day is a blessing and, um, for guys that, you know, that, that want to do a more, um, physical hunt, they, they need to, um, it's better to do it earlier than later, you know? Um, and it's also, it might give them a little motivation to, uh, get themselves into some shape and, and be more mentally and physically prepared for it too, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Rick, how do people get a hold of you? What's your telephone number um, and, and email address so that if somebody okay. um, uh, wants to get a hold of you, how do they do it? Okay. Well, Hunt Alaska Outfitters.
1: Huntalaskoutfitters.com is my website. Uh-huh. And hunt, uh, Outfitters at gmail.com is my website. Phone it. number is nine zero seven 654 four eight four.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I love talking about hunting, so give me a call and we'll
0: <laughs> I might you may not get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrific. They're terrific. Well and and people have to understand if they're gonna call you in the spring of the year and in the fall of the year, you may be on one of your fourteen day hunts, and so you have to be a little bit patient in the middle of the season. So uh that's true. The, In the winter time, while uh, you're tending to things under palm trees, this is probably a a good time to call along with the middle of summer, I would imagine. That's
1: true. It's always a better time, but typically in between hunts, you know, I'll check my emails, my phone calls, and I try to get back to people as soon as I possibly can. Um, Mm -hmm. It's amazing how many guides out there don't return calls. Um, I've gotten lots of guys that'd be like wow you know you're the only guy that's called me back and i was in the middle of a hunt i have self cell phone service right and we just finished up for the evening and i just checked my messages and i saw someone had called and called them back and they're like we want to do a couple bear hunts
0: you yeah. know in a
1: couple of years or whatever and and made it work out so it's real that's important cool. uh um yeah get a hold of me um uh, sooner sooner than later and um and get you on the books if someone's super interested in something like that and i work with people too because you know the thing is i really like working with people also that are uh, you know more you know a lot of the guys that are it's a really a truly once in a lifetime hunt and mm-hmm. uh and so you know a lot most guys want 50 up front on a hunt um in deposits and you know, I I've been bitten a couple times where I've been burned, but um I truly love to be able to give the guys the opportunity that wanna try to do a hunt with me, uh, for a bear or whatever and fulfill mm-hmm. that dream. You know, if they've gotta make payments or whatever over the next coast over the next few years or whatever, we'll make it work, you know. Because cool. I won't I don't require fifty percent up front, we'll just make it work. We'll make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So So you know, I try to because I know I'm I'm a hunter myself, and and I would appreciate something like that, you know, because it's the only way it'd be feasible for me, you know. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Well, Rick, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, your schedule to to chat with us. Uh, We wish you the best. God bless you in in all your endeavors out there, and uh, um, we're uh, we're looking forward to hearing more stories in the future.
1: All right. Thank you, Ted.
0: Okay. Take care. Thank you. All right.